0: of you in the name of jesus hallelujah let's invite the presence of the lord mighty god i call upon your name and your power dear god we want your presence your holy ghost your spirit to move throughout the house dear god that you would move and touch anoint our hearts and our souls in the name of jesus cover this house from end to end from top to bottom hallelujah let us speak with tongues that they did in the book of acts hallelujah to have a holy ghost experience to sit in heavenly places in christ jesus in Jesus' name. You may be seated for just a moment. We'll be singing shortly. But uh, I was praying before church and I felt led to do this. And uh, so I'm going, to, I, I'm going to give you some a little bit of background and a little bit of, uh, of information about our church. All right? Most of you know, and I'm going to say it anyway because I felt led. We're a one-God apostolic church that believes in tongue talk, and acts, experience, hallelujah, the day of Pentecost. But I'm going to focus here for a moment on the one-God aspect. Isaiah 9 and 6, if you have your Bibles or if you have a piece of paper, write these down. These scriptures are proclaiming the oneness of our God. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Notice it says the Everlasting Father. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is a God wrapped in flesh. Jehovah wrapped in flesh. God is the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we'll get to that scripture in just a second. John 5 and 43. I am come in my Father's name. And ye receive me not. If another shall come in their own name. Him you will receive. So what is the name of the Father? Jesus. Hallelujah. John 14 and 9. Jesus said saying to him. How long will I be with you? Yet that thou have known. And, and he, he said. Yes, hast thou not known me Philip. You, if ye hath seen me. You have seen the Father. How sayest thou then? Show us the Father. It's easy to understand. A spirit has no form. When you've seen the embodiment of Jesus Christ, you have seen the Father. You have seen the Spirit of God. It's the only form he ever will have. Hallelujah. Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save the people from their sins. What's the name of the son? Jesus. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall, uh, shall teach you all things and bring all things into your remembrance, whosoever I, um, I have you said unto you. So what's the name of the Holy Ghost? It's Jesus. All these three are one, and the name is Jesus. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Here, is with the Lord our God, is one Lord. John 4 and 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why the whole father and and son aspect? Because when you refer to son, you refer to flesh. God is not a man, God is a spirit. When you heard the term son, it referred to the flesh that died for you on the cross. Hallelujah. When it referred to the Father, it always referred to the Spirit. When it referred to the Holy Ghost, it always referred to the Holy Ghost. It always referred to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Colossians 7, I'm sorry, 3 and 17. And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Whatever you do, you do in the name of Jesus. Because that name has all power. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. What happens when you say the name of Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in Genesis, when God spoke the word, the Word moved over the surface of the waters. What happens when you speak the name Jesus is all the power of all the Word of God is put into one word. Jesus. So when you speak in the name of Jesus, mountains move. When you speak in the name of Jesus, devils are cast out. When you speak in the name of Jesus, people receive the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because all the power dwells in the name of Jesus. Uh, Musicians come, we're fixing to start singing. Hallelujah. Acts 3 and verse number 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Why? Because there's power. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sing with us as we praise and worship that only saving name.
1: Thank You Jesus Thank You
0: Jesus Thank You Lord Thank You Jesus Hallelujah Power in the name of Jesus How about you begin to thank Him for what He's done in your life Hallelujah when you speak that name and worship and praise It creates a movement in the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. When you say the name of Jesus, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost begins to move in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. I'm good.
2: I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
0: So Hallelujah. Worship him, worship him, worship him. He deserves the greatest praise. He deserves all you can give him. Thank you Jesus.
2: Thank you Jesus.
1: Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. When I'm happy or sad, when I'm good or I'm bad, I just want to tell you I just want to say, say- Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, shut the Yes, God, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When I'm happy or sad, when I'm good or I'm bad, I just want to say,
0: I just want to tell you, Jesus. I just want to
1: say, I just want to say, I just want to say, I just want to say. thank you Jesus
0: for delivering me from addiction thank you, thank you Jesus, Jesus from delivering me from this world to picking me up out of the mirey clay and setting my feet on the rock to stay thank you, thank you Jesus sir. I love
1: you I love you I love you with all of my heart you're my everything I just want to say thank you Lord thank you Jesus Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord, whether happy or sad, when I'm good or
0: else I want glory to. I just want to say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! 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 Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! 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 hallelujah. I love your Jesus! I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! Hallelujah! Amen. We're to sing another one. But I think it's appropriate No circumstance Should keep you from praising The Bible says in Philippians 4.13 I can do all things Through Christ who strengthens me There's no circumstance There's no problem that's too big for our God Hallelujah! When you begin to worship and you begin to praise, it's it's faith. It's faith. Saying God, my circumstances aren't going to stop me because I believe You're going to fix it. I believe You're going over- to overcome my situation, overcome the demons that are plaguing me. I believe You're going to overcome the situation I'm going through right now, and I'm going to praise You in advance for what You've done and what You're going to
2: do. Open my eyes, let me see. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God.
0: He's here for you, he's here for you. We can all chat and praise him and say, Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. God, I dedicate my every breath to you, Jesus, to live in your service, to do your work, to do your will, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That's it, that's it, that's it. Just reach out. I love you, Jesus. I won't let anything stop me, nothing will get between me and my blessing. I don't want no angels picking up my blessing. I want to receive
1: it. All together,
2: All to me. Yes, 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 yes. All
0: these, oh so He's here, he's here, he's here Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him I love you, Jesus I like you. I love. Yes, God, yes, God. yes God. Oh, God You're all together Lovely, all together Worthy,
1: all
2: together Wonderful too
1: That you've created. That's it, that's it, that's
2: it. Tell him how much you love
0: him. He never can hear enough of it. He never can hear you say, I love you, Jesus, enough. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Shout with a voice of triumph. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Should see what your praise does to hell. You should see the demons of hell symbol as you begin to praise your God. You should see the demons of hell how they symbol when you begin to say, I love you, Jesus.
2: It costs to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see myself upon that cross. Cause here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Yes, you are Jesus. You are my God and always will be.
0: I love you with all of my heart. I give you all the praise I can give. Body God, I lift you up. I exalt you. Bless the Lord oh my soul. Bless the Lord oh my soul.
1: Yes, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. I bow before you Jesus I put myself humbly
0: before you God hallelujah I give my life to you
1: you're all together lovely
2: so worthy to me beauty that made this heart adore you oh Of a life spent with you,
0: can you lift your hands and begin to praise Him? I love You, Jesus. I love You, Jesus. Oh, I love You, Jesus. I love You, Jesus. You are my everything, Jesus. You are my everything, Jesus.
1: Fair, I found joy, joy peace, peace,
2: peace grace and, and favor. favor
1: And right now is the moment, moment to make the day I've been trained I've been trained I have waited for this moment to Hallelujah
0: I, I couldn't wait until I got to the house of God I couldn't wait until I stepped into the presence of the Lord. I couldn't wait until I could say I love you, Jesus, with my brothers and sisters standing around me. I couldn't wait with one mind and one accord, praising the One that has saved me.
1: God, I've fallen short. got I've messed up.
0: But I come offering all that I can give. I come giving myself. I come giving my praise. I may make mistakes. I may mess up. But God, I can still give my praise. I can still give my worship. I can still give all that I can give, God. I love you, Jesus.
1: Yes, God, yes, God,
0: yes, God, yes, God.
1: I I won't go back. I can't go back. Hallelujah.
0: God, I made up my mind. I'm going to change direction. I made up my mind. I can't go back. You've been too good to me. You've done too much for me.
1: I can't go back now.
0: I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus can somebody just tell it from a heart can somebody just tell Jesus how much you love him but just a moment can you just cry out to God and say God I give you my everything I love you with everything hallelujah, hallelujah amen the Bible says to shout with a voice of triumph but do you know what happens when you shout the name of Jesus the Bible says that the devils believe in one God and tremble the mention of his name, they tremble the mere mention, just a whisper but when you shout, all those devils that have bound you with chains, all those devils that have bound you with addiction, all of those devils that have been lying to you, when you shout the name of Jesus, they don't tremble, they run. So if anybody right now, just, just a moment, hold the music. I want everybody with one mind and one accord. I want you on the count of three, I want you to shout Jesus at the top of your lungs. One, two, three. Jesus! Hallelujah. As the song goes, I hear the chains falling. Woo. Amen. We're gonna give it to the Lord. Praise God.
2: I give you things for all you. So blessed, yes God, I'm so blessed. My soul has found rest
0: in you. Oh Lord, I give you, I give you thanks.
2: I give you thanks for all
0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's just something about the presence of God. No better place place to be than in the house of God. I was listening to Holy Ghost Radio today and Brother Nathaniel Urson was preaching a message that made me realize something. The thing about death, the Bible says that in hell where the worm doesn't die, well, that has something to do with flies. It's talking about maggots because the flies will come when they find something that is dead. They go and they lay eggs and, and, and the maggots come. And I know this is disgusting, but I have a point. Just a second. So you have the maggots and from death you see something that is evil that does that does not produce anything. They're good for nothing. But guess what? when God gets into the situation? What happened when Samson killed the lion and he came back? There were no flies. There were no maggots. Out of the lion came honey. Bees and honey. Out of forth something that was dead came forth something that was living. Only God can do that. When you come into the house of God, he takes that dead, maggot-infested life, all that death, all of that destruction, and he says, I'm going to put forth life into your dead world. Nothing but the church can do that. Nothing but the one God apostolic, truth-preaching church can do that for you. Putting life back into your life. Amen. God is so good. You may be seated. Announcements: This Sunday is birthday Sunday. You don't want to miss it. And uh, so uh, we have search for truth Bible study this uh, up the coming Tuesday, and it'll be at six o'clock. Then back here at seven o'clock for our Bible study here on Wednesday. So birthday Sunday, we have worship uh, Sunday school Sunday morning worship service Sunday night. Don't miss it. It'll be a great time of worship and praise. Come here, expecting to receive something of God, come early, come early, you come early and you begin to pray, you get rid of all that junk you 're free to worship and praise when you when you get into praise service, you get into worship service. it allows you to pray feel it, praise and worship freely without anything getting in the way. so make sure you make it early for prayer, so uh, don 't want to miss that so five o 'clock for prayer, church starts at five: thirty come here at five o 'clock and uh, pray until service. Trust me, you will see a difference in your worship you will see a difference in your worship okay um we're going to uh, bring up pastor and we're going to uh, hear the word of the Lord. The Bible talks about the man of God, the pastor, being the watchman on the wall. What that means is he sees the problems ahead of time and warns you of them. But you come in here and, and you sit there and, and you have your ears closed. Then the that, that enemy's going to sneak up on you. The watchman, the watchman warned you, but you weren't listening. Pay attention to the man of God because he's going to give you warnings ahead of time before you're even faced with that trial, that temptation. Get behind him. Teach with him. God bless you.
3: Thank you, Brother Jonathan. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You know what? You look good in church tonight. Amen. You look a lot better in church tonight than you would in the intensive care ward at the hospital. Amen. You look a lot better in church tonight than you would at the lineup at the local jailhouse. Amen. I want to tell you, you look a lot better in church tonight than you would after you'd visited the casino, amen. Amen. amen, hallelujah, you look a lot better in church tonight than you would laid out in the funeral parlor, hallelujah, amen, amen. so you look pretty good in church tonight, don't you, amen. hallelujah, we're going to go back to the book of Luke tonight, no big surprise there, we are teaching through the book of Luke, a lot of great things contained therein, and We believe tonight we've got some words of life that will encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with God and uh, give you help uh, in your everyday life as well as knowledge that you need for today. So, Luke chapter 10, we're going to do responsive reading from verse 25 through verse 37 here in the passage, I'll read 35, uh, 25, rather. you read verse 26 and then vice versa, we'll try to keep her straight Um let's see what we can get from the Word of God. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 27, And he answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 29, But he, willingly to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Verse 35, And on the morrow, When he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Verse 37, And he said, He that showed mercy on him then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Boop, boop. Amen. Y'all doing good. we got to stop. Amen. I don't want you to get your subjects mixed up here. We see here that a lawyer asked Jesus what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. Probably the question had already been rehearsed with Jesus before uh, and the lawyer had heard the answer, but there are those among us that will ask the question again even though we know the answer. Why is that? There is a variety of reason, but usually when your kid comes back and asks you again after you have told them no, it is not because they have forgot that the answer was no. When Dad told me no, I didn't forget that, but I came back asking the question again, hoping that I would find a new angle. I could find a chink in the armor somewhere that he would elaborate rather than just giving me the plain no. That he might say, it's not a good time to do this today. And then I'd be able to say, well, then tomorrow. (laughs) So, he came and he asked this question of Jesus. Somewhere within this young man's heart jesus saw something that was there we do not see the same level of of hostility that he had towards a lot of the uh learned educational learned religious people that came uh, because many 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 of the learned religious people that came to jesus were doing nothing more uh, than either trying to discredit jesus or trying to justify themselves so when you are asked a question by someone it's important to have the spirit be able to give you the motive behind what they are asking i don't know if you've ever uh... did any study in your life on the subject of how to respond to the news media in uh... in your life if you ever are in the place where the news media are interviewing you about whatever the situation may be, whether there's been a crisis that's happened or you're trying to promote a particular object or whatever. But uh, there's some really, really good teaching out there on how to handle the news media because regardless of what the news media ask you, they are going to play your answer according to the question that they want that answer to fit. In other words, um, if they want you to say, Bill is a, is a bad guy, uh, they may ask you a question. Uh, if you were looking at Bill, Sam, and Joe, and you thought that uh, Sam was the best guy and Joe was the worst guy, then what kind of guy would Bill be? And you would answer, Bill is then a bad guy. Well, that was, you know, that's the only other thing they gave you in the middle. Well, they go back and then they broadcast on the news that Mr. Society XYZ has publicly stated that Bill is a bad guy. See, here he is. Well, then that means Bill is a bad guy. They were setting you up to say what they wanted you to say. So on the other hand, you have to learn that when you're dealing with the news media, that you have a message that you have to promote. And no matter what they ask you, you tell them what it is that you want the world to know. They could come up to you, Carl, and they could say, Could you tell me what the price of eggs in China are? And you know how Carl would respond? I want you to know that people in China need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, Amen. just like we are here in America. Amen. Because Carl has a message that he wants the world to hear. He's not interested in the message that the news media is promoting. He's interested in getting the message of Jesus Christ out there. And so, you will have people that come by, and the Bible talks about how that you are to avoid certain things, just leave them alone, superstitions, unlearned, foolish questions, things that are not promoting the kingdom, Uh, you know, be honest with you, tonight, uh, You can speculate all day long about whether or not your horse is going to be in heaven. But it is not anywhere in the word of God that there is horse salvation. And anywhere in the word of God does it tell us that the horses are evil Matter of fact, it was a donkey that preached the message one time. And that's more for than a lot of people can say. But, so there are things out there that people will come by, and you've got to learn to stay on track. You've got to learn what the major things are. You've got to learn what people need to hear in all of this. And so, uh, the world that is around us today they may come up to you and say, Well, why is it that uh, here it is that it's summertime and you got a suit and tie on going to church? They may be honest in their quest, but you know what? They've just asked me about baptism in Jesus' name the infant and the infilling of the Holy Ghost when they asked that question. That's what they've asked me about because. The reason I got a suit on is because I've been baptized in Jesus' name and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's the reason that the other people in the other churches ain't wearing their suit and tie to church anymore because they ain't baptized in Jesus' name and they ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. And the house of God don't mean nothing to them. So I got a message to give to the world that is on a one-track mind. Paul put it this way. I know nothing, but what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. He had that one-track mind. So, he came by and asked about eternal life, and uh, there was the first commandment, Here, O Israel, Lord our God, is one Lord, from the book of Leviticus then, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, that was given. Um, Then this wasn't enough for the neighbor. I mean, enough for the lawyer. He was looking at the term neighbor here, trying to determine, trying to pull something together. Uh, Who knows? Who knows just exactly what was in this guy's mind. Dealing with human nature, dealing with people enough... A lot of times, people's got an angle, an angle somewhere. They've got somebody that they're trying to set up. they got somebody that they're mad at, and, they, and they're trying to get back at this person. And so, who knows? Maybe the guy across the street from him uh, was from Rome. He was a Roman. And uh, he didn't like the Romans, and so he was trying to get Jesus to say that his neighbor was uh, the people that went to the synagogue with him, just uh, the nice people that were around. But Jesus here really, really began to get down to some motives and and to deal on the subject uh, that he was going to expand things out a lot farther than what this guy really really wanted even to happen uh, in the whole thing so he begins to talk about the man that was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho from Jerusalem to Jericho is a 17-mile trek down a very stony path downhill and both Jerusalem and Jericho at this time were successful cities and so anyone traveling uh, from one to the other Probably was well off, and there was lots of good stony places that people could hide and and waylay them. So it was a favorite place of crooks. So they were they were familiar with this. This this was something that they were familiar with. Uh, they had heard the stories. They'd seen the events happen. Um, so he fell among thieves. And they wounded him and left him half dead. That reminds me so very much of the the old, old, old joke about the genie that gave the guy one wish and told him, Now, I want you to know that whatever you get, your mother-in-law is going to get twice as much as you did. And So he looked at the genie and said, I've figured out what I want. I want you to beat me half to death. (laughs) Looking at the angle. So, there he was. And the priest came along. And, you know, most of us feel like this priest did a pretty bad thing, and he really did, but... Um, you got to understand that as a priest, he was doing the ceremonial duties in the temple. And that if he came in contact with a dead body, uh, he couldn't go back and do his work for a week. So he saw that guy laying on the side of the road as uh, missing a week's worth of work. You know, in life we come up with some pretty silly excuses when we don't want to do something. We really do. May God give us the strength and the knowledge uh, to do what God wants us to do. We're going to talk some more about that a little bit later. So, there was the priest, someone, though, that had the responsibility, though, of being a servant, someone that Was uh, today we'd consider him the pastor of the church. He's someone that everybody knows should have helped this guy in need. Um, Jesus, though, was reaching out to them in a very, very special way because there are times in our life we will look at things and say, well, the pastor didn't do that, so that means I don't have to do that either. You know, the pastor is the example of the church, and there's some good logic in that, but there's some also some times that uh, we don't put all the dots together on the situation. There may be a time that you come to pre-service prayer, and you're not going to see me out here praying. Because if your baby's in the hospital, you're going to want the pastor over there praying with your baby. You don't want him at pre-service prayer. You want him praying with your baby. Amen. And, you want, and so there, there's going to be some times and examples where that you know that it's the right thing to do, and you go ahead and do it without having to have somebody take you by the hand and lead you through the process. That is called spiritual maturity. That is, that is growing up. Having the ability to learn how to do that which is right. Hey, all of us at one time, our mom addressed us. Sure hope your daddy didn't have to address you. Um, but today, we have moved past that structure. We have the ability to take care of ourselves. And so we look at it and sometimes we'll say uh, it's the pastor's job to reach out to uh, those particular people in our city. Uh, It's the pastor's job to invite people to church. It's the pastor's job to pray for people's healing. Uh, It's the pastor's job to make sure the floor is swept. It's the pastor's job... So Jesus is going past all of this. He talks about the Levite. The Levite would be uh, like the song leaders in the church, uh, the piano players in the church, the Sunday school teachers in the church. He was somebody in authority, somebody that had a position that was there. And Jesus was saying, still yet, we're going to go down to the Samaritans. Now, the Samaritan is a very, very interesting thing here because we just got through talking about and hearing about how that the Samaritans had not received Jesus when he came into their city. At one point, Jesus told his disciples, don't even go to the Samaritan city. So there was a very, very great turmoil here. The Samaritans had uh, come in and they had defiled the temple there in Jerusalem. Uh, There was some really bad blood between the Jews and the Samaritans. What Jesus was also bringing into the equation, it doesn't matter how much this particular group of people may have given you a bad experience, they are people out of every nation, creed, tongue, language, nationality, cultural that love God. God is no respecter of persons. There is evil found in every nationality, creed, nation, and tongue. So we never have the time uh, or the place to put a, a bucket or a blanket, rather, be a better way of putting it, a blanket uh, condition on a particular group, and say these people are written off; that God doesn't love them, or there's no good people that are come there. Now, there are those that will try to twist that and try to take certain classifications of sin and say that they are good people in that particular group of sinners. But Jesus here wasn't referring to the Samaritan as sinners; they were referring to him as a class of people. So there is a difference here. Uh, you know, I, you know, I want to tell you, uh, I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling in my heart for murderers. I know that God can forgive somebody of that crime but i i'm not looking you get where i'm going there and so you could go on down the line so it's not that type of thing that god is looking at so here was this samaritan someone that uh wasn't his job wasn't his obligation to reach out to people uh but yet he was a good person because he saw the need to be a neighbor. So he binds this man up, and he had great compassion on him. Uh, he actually spent time with this person. If you're going to bind up somebody's wounds, that's going to take some time. He spent time with this person. He gave of his immediate resources that he had with him. You know, he could have said in the back of his mind, I may need this oil and wine because I may get beat up before I get to Jericho. I better save this stuff for me. I'll just slap this old boy on there moaning and groaning and take him the way he is. No. He gave of his immediate resources in our our life. Uh, We noticed here that the man was in need, number one. Number two, he was willing to accept help. He did not reject the help of the Samaritan. There are times in our life that we can be proud and say, we're not going to help. We're not going to accept help from this. We're not going to accept help with that. And so we, when our life comes and we need a touch, we need God to reach down and touch us to realize that we have got to want the help we got to be willing to accept the help for God to be able to do something for us and so that's uh, a lesson to be learned in our life may God allow us to be able to accept help in our time of need um, you know as I think about the family of God the household of God how we work together how we love each other and uh, we do have the command to bear each other's burdens Um, we live in a world that is so much, uh, you know, engrossed in a gimme, gimme, take, take environment, uh, that sometimes when we have a need, we're afraid to ask other people for help. But the true family of God will do what they can to help us. Um... So that's important. Be a person that is willing to reach out. Uh, And all of us need the help that God would make us approachable, that God would uh, give us uh, the strength that our talents and our abilities that we have, we would be approachable and we'd be willing to to reach out and to share uh, and to give of those talents and those abilities to others. Um, So he put him on his beast and brought him to the end. Now, there is a, a danger here in what the Samaritan did and the fact that he put him on his beast and he took him to the end because what did we just got through saying about the Jews and the Samaritans here? The Jews were kind of upset with the Samaritans. And you just think about this. Here you are, all the good boys down at the, at the local inn there, and here comes their enemy carrying one of their own all beat up what's going to be the immediate thought in their head well this guy just beat my friend up and he's come to drop it off and rub it in my nose so there was a danger in what this guy was doing and taking him to help he had to risk something and if you're going to help people you're going to have to risk something a lot of times you're, you're going to risk rejection When you reach out to people and you tell them the truth. Because we live in a world that don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear a lie. So he, he took a risk. When he dropped him off, he took out two pence. And from what my study tells me, this would be one pence was equivalent to a day's wages. So he gave two days worth of wages to this inn that they would take care of him. And the Samaritan had a relationship with the inn because he told them, when I come again, so that he came here quite often, he said, I will repay thee if you spend anything else. Um, There are times that we do what we can, and then, hey, we got to go to work. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Uh, and uh, so we do need the relationship. We do need other people that are involved in it. And that's the reason that the church is the body of Christ, is because we uh, need the expertise of everybody in the body of Christ. The body of Christ is compared to our physical body. Uh, some are the eyes. Some are the ears. Some are the tongue. Some are the nose. Some are the feet. My dad used to say, I just want to be the big toe. Just want to be the big toe in the body of Christ. That's all I want to be is the big toe. Because your big toe is what gives you balance when you're standing. There's a time in the Bible that they cut the people's big toes off. And you can't ever stand still if you no longer have a big toe. You either got to hop up and take off running or you got to find a place and and lean on it or sit down. So all of the body works together to provide the work that God has to do the work of God and and to edify the body that is there. Um, One other thing I find interesting here, so when Jesus made the question, which one of these was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? This lawyer guy could not bring himself to say the Samaritan. He had something pretty deep in his heart.